Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On this week's episode, I had an amazing conversation about all things body recomposition with a very special guest, Giovanni Aviles. Giovanni is currently practicing as a physical therapist assistant and has years of experience helping others reach their body composition goals through training, nutrition, and lifestyle coaching. Giovanni also has an impressive body composition history himself and is an absolute wealth of knowledge. He is also my boyfriend, which makes this episode a little extra exciting as we dive into some of our personal fitness goals. If you're looking to improve your health and especially your body composition, this is the episode for you. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Giovanni. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Giovanni. Thanks for coming on. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Super excited to dive into some fun topics with you today. Um, But before we get into it, let's start with a brief introduction. Talk a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Giovanni. I'm currently working as a PT assistant at Bardonia Physical Therapy. Previously, I was a personal trainer and a nutrition coach, and I still do that from time to time, but not not as often. My focus is physical therapy now, and I'm currently continuing my education, um, and the goal is eventually to be a PT and a, a strength coach like Julie. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, and that's exactly why today we are diving into body recomposition. This episode is coming out at the start of the new year, the start of 2022, and a lot of us, including ourselves, are looking to set fitness goals and maybe get back to a prior level of fitness or potentially, for some, reaching a level of fitness that they've never reached before. And I think that body composition and therefore body recomposition is something that a lot of people focus on. So can you kind of just help us define what is body recomposition? What does that mean? So that means something different to everyone, in my opinion, because we all have different goals. So to some people, that can be losing 10 pounds. To others, believe it or not, it's gaining 10 pounds. So it's the composition of your body, whether it's more fat, less fat, more muscle, less muscle. Cool. So it's just kind of like changing what your body is Composed of in some way. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, either losing weight or gaining some muscle or something like that. Or just becoming a healthier person that can also recomposition in your body definitely helps um, better those uh, blood markers that we all, our doctors yell us about. Yeah, totally. Well, that was actually one of my next questions for you is like, what are the benefits of pursuing body recomposition? Because Not everybody cares about what they look like, right? They're like, I just want to be a normal body weight. I don't really care about muscle. But why is pursuing body recomposition something that anybody could go for? So from personal experience, you just feel clearer. You can think easier or better. You just feel better, more energized. Like you have energy to do all the things you love. So when you say more energized, feel better... What kind of body composition would help you feel that way? Or what kind of body recomposition would a person go for? So that's a great question because there's a fine line. So your body likes to have a set point. And if you deviate too much from your set point, it's not beneficial. So you want to be 
say for a guy like me who's 5'10", around 170, 180 is my set point. If I go way too low, I have negative effects like brain fog and lack of energy, um, lack of many things. But if you go too high, the same things happen. Okay. There's definitely a sweet point to be at. That's interesting. And I feel like it might be hard for people to know what their sweet point is. Like for me personally, I've been around the same body weight for a few years now. Um, My sweet spot maybe is kind of where I've been at for years because obviously that's where my body likes to maintain, um, which is like mid 150s. But I am not really sure what it would be like to be 10 pounds less or 10 pounds more. Um, But just to kind of like take it back, body composition, what is that you know like when we talk about body comp and what a good body comp is like what kinds of things are considered when you're looking at a person's body comp so when you measure body composition you have to measure the bone density muscle fat mass water and all those create a number and the scale which can deviate right depending on If you're dehydrated or not, if you had carbohydrates, which help increase the water weight or decrease if you're you're going that route. But all those are part of the body composition. Right. So that you kind of bring up a good point there, too, of when somebody is um, looking to change their body composition, potentially lose weight or gain weight, they may notice that there are frequent fluctuations in the number that they're seeing on the scale. So that's probably something that you'd want to look out for, right? So can you talk a little bit about why might somebody, why might it appear that you gained five pounds overnight or lost five pounds overnight? Yeah, so most of that, the fluctuations can be due to water weight and the fluctuation in the water. Um, Most people that experience that are usually the low carbers. You need carbohydrates and insulin in order to hold water. Otherwise, you're going to excrete excrete more sodium, which is the fluctuations that you see from day to day. So you can be five pounds uh, less one day, five pounds more one day. And all that, the fluctuation is okay. You always want to change the body mass, like the the muscle mass and the fat mass. That's what you're looking for. So what are some ways that people measure those metrics you know the number on the scale only tells you how much your entire body weighs but what are some things that people can do to figure out like what is their body composition so the scientific ones like the dexa scan is the gold standard because that can measure bone density um and body mass using x-ray technology for the average folk using like biometrical electrical impedance is one of them um, just using a good old tape measure, measuring your waist size. Yeah, so I was actually going to bring that up too because um, that's something that I've used in the past with Carbon Diet Coach when yeah. I'm looking to um, track my calories and figure out my maintenances and stuff. I was interested in how they ask you not only for your body weight but for your waist circumference because your weight can fluctuate a lot from day to day. But if you're measuring your waist circumference, that's something that's going to be pretty reliable in terms of, you know, if you're losing weight or not. Um, That's awesome. Now, also for body recomposition in general, we want to see for a healthy person, a relatively low amount of fat mass and a pretty good amount of muscle mass. 
Do you happen to know what like a typical percentage would be of like how much lean body mass or maybe how much fat mass is like a safe percentage to, for a person to have? Sure. So for, it's different for male and female because obviously females have extra body parts that males don't have. Um, for a male, a healthy body fat percentage is anywhere between 10% to maybe 15%. Um, for female, between 22% and 26 per se. It's a good zone to be in. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, and then we were talking about kind of like energy levels before and brain fog and stuff like that. In terms of if somebody were to pursue body recomposition, um, maybe their initial goal is to look better, right? They want to lose 10 pounds. They've got a big event coming up this year or something like that. But yeah. um, what are some other things in their life that they might see happen as a result of pursuing body recomposition? And I guess let's also frame it as in the beginning of a journey towards creating a new body composition, it might be difficult, right? Your body might react in a way that it doesn't want to lose that weight or it doesn't want to gain that weight. You might get a little bit of pushback, right? So what might somebody experience in those beginning phases that they kind of have to work through and know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Okay. Let's unwrap that because that was a loaded question. Yeah. Sorry. Typical of me asking like four questions at <laughs> yes, once. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we spoke about the benefits of um, body recomposition. So the second part, I want to say... What was the second question? So <laughs> like, no, that's fine. Um, so we know that like long term, after a person loses that fat or gains that muscle, they're going to experience benefits. Right. But in the beginning of that journey, they might have difficulty doing so. It might not feel good. You might not feel better. You might feel more brain fog. Like, can you talk a little bit about what the beginning of that experience is going to feel yeah. like? So the beginning is always the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Most most people are going to experience some even greater brain fog when they start to lose weight. A lot of that has to do with the toxins that are being released from the fat cells. Interesting. So a lot of people that do the ketogenic diet especially experience this. They'll start getting headaches, more brain fog, very lack of energy. And they rely more on the fat for energy. So now all the toxins being released into their body at the same time from their cells is basically like a detoxification, which goes away after a while. Okay, interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also let's talk about like some strategies that somebody would use for body recomp. If I came to you as a client and I said, Giovanni, I want to get leaner. I want to look better i want to feel stronger yeah. what are some things that you are going to work on with me so the first thing i would want to know what you're doing so i wouldn't change anything the only thing i'm going to tell you to do is write everything that you eat right what gets tracked gets managed so that's the first step the second step would be to change one habit at a time in depending on the person's goal if their goal is to lose weight then I would go with looking at their exercise routine before I change their diet. You can't change too many variables at once and you don't want to change too many variables at once because then your body is just going to adjust 
and you have less levers to pull later on when you're stagnant and you can't lose the weight. Right. Like most people are able to lose weight. The hard part is like, what do you do once you stop losing weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how to keep it off. Yeah. So in terms of prioritizing, we know that movement and exercise and energy expenditure is one part of the equation, but then energy that you're taking in, aka the amount of calories you're eating, the macros that you're consuming, that's the other part of the equation. Do you feel like one is more important than the other? So I think they have their role. There's not one that's more important. They both work in tandem. Okay. So do you, and you mentioned, I think it's really great that you brought up the point that you can't try to change too many things at once. I think yeah, the, that's most people's mistakes. Yeah, the biggest mistake that we see in not just in health and fitness, but anybody who wants to make a change in their life is that they try to change a lot of factors and forget that our brain, like we are creatures of habit. So when you try to create a ton of new habits and get rid of a ton of old ones, it's very uncomfortable for your mind, for your body, and it's going to be very difficult. So starting one place is you know, definitely a good idea. So actually, one of the biggest mistakes I see most people make who are, you know, making their New Year's resolution, they're like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. They cut out all their carbs and they increase their, their energy expenditure. Uh, the classic carb cutting yeah. so at the New Year. What happens is you just hit a wall. You become like really dependent on caffeine. <laughs> you can't, you stop losing weight and now you're just falling asleep everywhere you go yeah no i'm sure there's people that have experienced that exact thing because that's that's a very common belief around nutrition right so let's let's stay on the topic of nutrition a little bit because i know from a personal standpoint that if a person can get their nutrition in check they're going to experience benefits they're going to experience changes right yep for somebody who's starting on a body recomp journey what do you think are the most important variables of a diet to consider so you have to track what you eat. That's the most important variable when you are trying to lose weight. It's almost like trying to save money for a house and not managing your money. That comes yeah, in or not knowing how much money you have. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I totally agree with you there. I think tracking is very important. When you say tracking, do you recommend that people like use an app and track their calories? Do you recommend that they just write it down? Like, I recommend, so when I talk to people, I try to find out their personality traits and what's their best way to track. I know a lot of people love to do journals and they love to write things down. Others love apps. Um, whatever you can use, to track food it doesn't matter how you track it as long as you track it mm-hmm. definitely the accuracy is not as important as tracking is even if you don't track accurately you're still going to be consistent and that's the most important variable mm-hmm. yeah and especially in the beginning of a journey the most important thing i think is bringing in awareness to where you currently are right like so many of us and i've experimented with this with some of my athletes before just you know picking somebody out of the weight room and been like hey, what'd you have for lunch two days ago? And they're like, "Mm, I don't know. And is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. But for somebody who has a goal to improve their nutrition, if you don't have an awareness, if you're just mindlessly eating, you're going to have a lot of trouble changing, right? So I think that's a great point. Now, 
in addition to tracking and figuring out where you are right now. So let's say for a week or two, I track my food and I kind of take some inventory. Like if I were to be tracking right now, I would notice that I'm eating a lot of rice, a lot of eggs, a lot of beef because I'm hanging out with you all the time. Um, So once I have that information, what's kind of like the next step? What are the other factors of nutrition in terms of macros, calories, vitamins? Like there are so many different things that people can focus on. What do you think are kind of those building blocks of a healthy diet in general? Absolutely. So we can talk about having a balanced diet all day and not get us anywhere. The most important part is the consistency, like I mentioned earlier. So once you track down, say you've been on your diet for two weeks and you've lost maybe two pounds. What's the next step? Go another week with the same diet, same amount, and see if you still lose weight. If you are still losing weight, there's no need to change anything. Right. It's once you stop losing, that's when you pull another lever and change something else. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, And that brings me to the point, too, or just the idea that's popping into my head of it's not only important to track your food intake, but it's also a good idea to track your weight, right? If your goal is to lose weight or gain weight, tracking your weight on the scale, tracking your waist circumference um, is going to be important. What tips do you have for somebody in that regard? How often should they be doing it? What time of day? Like, do you have any tips for that? Yeah, I would do it. um, I'll be consistent. I would do it first thing in the morning, let's say on a Friday. Okay. And that just keeps it consistent. That way you're not doing it every day because there's going to be fluctuations. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Unless like... I know my client is very... It depends on her personality. Yeah. It really does. That's... But it personally, I would do it every Friday and be like, okay. Okay. Track it. Yeah. And I think for somebody who stays very consistent day to day in terms of what you're eating and what your activity level is, it's not a bad idea to do it just once a week because you're probably not going to see too much of a difference. But um, for me personally, when I was tracking my weight, I was taking my weight every morning and taking a weekly average because especially as a female, our weight fluctuates a lot more than you men. Um, So there will be, without a doubt, at least one or two days of the week that my body weight is higher simply because of hormonal fluctuations, water weight fluctuations. So by taking that daily weight, I know that there's a more accurate average in the mix somewhere. Like you mentioned, though, it is kind of up to the personality. Some people have a really hard time getting on the scale. So for those people, maybe they can tap into some of those other aspects that you talked about earlier. Maybe they can track how they feel. Rate your energy level on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, absolutely. Rate how good your workout went. Maybe track your weight in the gym. See if that's improving. Just look in the mirror. Go to a mirror. Right? You know. So it doesn't, I mean, the scale is the most objective way to measure your progress, but there are other ways, especially in the beginning, if you're just working on getting comfortable. Yeah. There's many ways of measuring. You just have to pick one and yeah, go with it. Definitely. Um, now, let's talk a little bit more about macronutrients, right? Um, okay. Another hot topic for people, more so people who have experience in you know, nutrition and stuff and mm-hmm. have an understanding. Um, but we know the three macronutrients that make up our food are protein, carbs, and fat. Yep. They all have a role. Um, 
Is there anything, any certain macro that should be prioritized with body comp and why? So protein needs to be prioritized. Why is that? Um, you just, it's a building block. So I'm not going to get too scientific here because um, it just gets complicated. But prioritize protein, at least one pound per body weight. Okay. And I'm talking one pound per lean body mass. One so gram, one pound per lean body mass? Or one, one gram. gram? Okay. Right, per right. lean body mass. So me, um, I'm about 175 right now, but my lean body mass is probably around 150. So I aim for 150 grams of protein per day. Okay, I like that. That's a good, easy metric to follow. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that is important for people to understand that regardless of what your weight loss or muscle gain or any kind of body composition goal is, we can all agree that you want to hang on to the muscle, right? That's the part that looks good. That's yep. the part that's going to help you perform. And the what your body needs in order to not only hang on to the muscle that it already has, but potentially build more is going to be that protein. So muscle is metabolically active tissue. It's going to help you lose weight. That's really? Sure. Yeah. So you're telling me that somebody who wants to lose 20 pounds, let's say, over the course of X amount of time, might actually benefit from gaining some muscle in the process? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would prioritize muscle building over anything else. Okay. So... Yeah. That also reminds me, let's kind of talk about, I'm curious to hear your strategies or what you would, um, what advice you'd give somebody who has like a really big weight loss goal. Let's say somebody has a lot of weight to lose, you know, they, they're struggling with some health issues. They feel like they have this big uphill battle in front of them. What are some ways that they can kind of like break down this big 30 pound number? Like what is something that you would tell somebody who's really intimidated by the fact that they have a lot of weight to lose. So, yes, it will take a while. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. You have to be honest with people. Got to be patient. You can't expect to lose 30 pounds in four weeks. Mm -hmm. it, it's just not, it's not healthy and it won't happen. So if you're surfing Instagram and you see some influencer get on and say, hey, buy this supplement, you're going to burn 20 pounds of fat in three weeks. You probably shouldn't buy it. Yeah, they're pulling your leg. Ah, damn. All right. <laughs> but for those people it's more of a psychological battle at this point mm -hmm. but it's more important for them to take one step at a time only change one variable at a time so for them honestly just walk and track your calories start there four weeks we'll talk in four weeks and see I, I can guarantee you that that person probably lost five five pounds. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Start with the basics, right? It yeah. doesn't it doesn't have Just to be complicated. Just go for a walk. Take your dog out for a walk, and you know track it. Walking is very very good. Yeah. And very underutilized. And underutilized. I'm really glad you brought that up because one of my goals with this podcast and one of my goals in general going into physical therapy is to promote this idea that being healthy and being fit does not have to be rocket science. It's so intimidating. It's it's not. Yeah. And I know that you know this because you've been you've been working with people for so long 
Um, but like you said, it's those little changes and the way that they compound over time that really make a difference. So exercise is important, but it doesn't mean that you've got to be doing, you know, heavy weightlifting right off the bat. Let's talk about some non-exercise and diet type of things that may contribute to body composition. So I'm talking, you know, we know that the food's important. We know that tracking calories is a way to go, but if somebody feels like they're working out and they're eating okay and they're still not making progress, what other things might they want to look into? Sure. Um, this does happen. My advice to those people is be patient. It takes some time for your body to adjust. Sometimes you can go six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, and you don't lose anything. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, you lose five pounds. It happens all the time. For those people that you feel like you're just slamming your head against the wall and you're not losing weight, just keep going. I promise you, you're going to break through the wall one day and it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. It's happened to me all the time. I've been doing this for like 15 years now. Um, I've tried pretty much every diet but the vegan diet at this point <laughs> just because I love to self-experiment. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling, I'm telling you guys, every single diet I've tried works. You just have to keep consistent. And it's all about making the basics. The basics are the most important part. So even if I'm doing the ketogenic diet, my calorie goal would be the same as if I'm doing a low-carb diet or a high-carb diet. So for example, I'll do a 2,500-calorie ketogenic diet so that will look like 200 grams of fat maybe um whatever my protein goal is and basically zero carbs it's still it would be it's still the same goal as if i'm doing a high carb diet and no matter what you're going to lose the same amount of weight there's no difference between doing a ketogenic diet and a high carb diet if the calories are equated 2500 calories is 2500 calories you're gonna break the internet with this man this yeah hot, hot debate here but no i agree with you and the way that i think people should look at nutrition because this is kind of something that i've developed an understanding of over time is that it's almost like a pyramid right you need to have your baseline factors in check the things that we know are going to make a difference and then you can kind of worry about the little stuff as you progress. Yeah. If you're just getting started, calories are going to be key. And the big question that I wonder that a lot of people are probably wondering is, how do you know how many calories to eat? That's difficult. What would you recommend? How would somebody kind of like figure out where to set that MyFitnessPal bar at? So there's many formulas. MyFitnessPal is great because it'll estimate a caloric goal for you. Mm-hmm. As long as you're within 80% of that goal each and every day, your body adapts. So say it sets your calorie goal to 2,700 and you're like eating 2,500. It's going to adapt to 2,500. So eventually you're going to lose weight at 2,500. Then you're going to stop losing weight. So you can go to 2,400. Mm-hmm. Then you start losing weight again and you just rinse and repeat. Yeah, I think another important point too is you mentioned it a few times, but that people need to understand that this stuff takes time. It takes a lot of time. You need to be patient. And yeah. my one bone to pick with my fitness pal, there's two bones I have to pick with my fitness pal. However, 
if you're listening to this and you want to track your calories, it's a great free tool, but beware of these two things. Number one is when you sign up for a MyFitnessPal account, you put in a little bit of info and you tell them how much weight you want to lose and how fast you want to lose it. Be careful with this. We just spoke about how it's important to be patient. What is your, I have um, a general goal of how much weight to lose per week that I've heard in the past, but I'm curious what yours is. How much should the person be aiming to lose each week? Yeah, I aim for one pound a week. Yeah, one no pound. No more than two. Okay. Because you're going to start tapping into other energy systems and you're going to stress your nervous system and you actually plateau. So eventually you end up burning more of your muscle tissue, which we spoke of earlier that it's so important to maintain your muscle tissue in order to create that high metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. So no more than two pounds. I would aim for one. Yeah. See, I've heard half a pound to a pound a week. So kind of within the the same realm. I mean, we come from different backgrounds too. Um, Yeah. So if you have, say you're 30 pounds overweight, you can lose five pounds in one week because 80% of that is water weight. Mm -hmm. So be careful with how you interpret this. Right. And also, that's a really good point. Not just if you're really overweight and you have a lot of weight to lose, but if you're listening to this and you're going to start losing weight, understand that your first two weeks on the diet are going to be most successful, not just because you're probably going to be more adherent, but because your body's going to let go of some of those toxins, of some of that water a little bit quicker. Yeah. Once your body starts to adapt, it becomes a little bit harder. So understand that that rate, it's kind of like a, you know, an inverse exponential curve, which might not make sense if you're listening to this, but <laughs> it's going to be fast weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fast in the beginning, and then it's going to start to slow down, which means that you may want to make some adjustments. Um, now back to my fitness pal. It asks you how fast you want to lose the weight. You're going to be tempted to make it as fast as possible. You're going to want to lose five pounds each week. Please, please don't choose that option because, number one, it's really not realistic. Number two, MyFitnessPal is then going to generate a really low calorie recommendation for you that's going to make you fatigued, make you burn out. You're not going to be able to work out. But you're also not going to be adherent because it's not realistic. So here's my advice with my fitness pal. Go for that half a pound, one pound, two pounds a week. And then see what your calorie recommendation is. The other advice that I would give here, and I spoke about this on a previous episode, is that my fitness pal gives you an option to link the app to your Apple Watch. So that when you wear your Apple Watch during the day and you track that workout in the gym or you track that walk around the lake with your girls, it's going to take the amount of calories from your Apple Watch and actually add them into your MyFitnessPal calories. Meaning, if you go for a walk around the lake with your girlfriends, love that, great idea, you should do it. Your Apple Watch might tell you that you burned like 300 calories. Did you burn 300 calories? Maybe, but more likely you did not. You might have burned more, you might have burned less. Either way, we should not be making nutrition decisions based off of our energy expenditure because it's so hard to measure. In reality, it's a very low number and it's not reliable. So if you're going to use MyFitnessPal, great tool. That's where I started tracking. But don't use that feature. 
because it ends up incentivizing exercise to allow you to eat more, which is an unhealthy relationship with those two things. You want to exercise, of course, to contribute to your energy expenditure, but you want to exercise to feel good, to feel strong, to give those muscles the love that they deserve to stay on your body. You don't want to use exercise as permission to then go out and drink with your friends and whatever else you're going to do. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that point, but it's something that I see often and something that I fell into. I'll admit that, uh, you know, I used that and I noticed that it, it wasn't healthy. Yeah. So essentially what Julie said, if you go out for a walk, your Apple Watch says, I burned 300 calories. Don't be like, oh, I can eat a cookie, an extra cookie that day because I burn a little bit more. Essentially, keep the diet consistent. Mm-hmm. Day yeah. to day to day. That's, on, the main, that's the main goal. On top of keeping it consistent with weight loss, our bodies really, really love consistency. And this is something that Giovanni and I have talked about a lot over the last few months because my diet and my nutrition goals are adapting quite a bit. I used to be a hardcore IIFYM, if it fits your macros, type of girl. I wasn't thinking about the food quality. I wasn't thinking about the schedule. I was just purely worrying about calories in, calories out, which, like we mentioned, calories are the most important. If you're starting out, it's a great place to start. Yep. If it fits your macros, can work. But just know that Julie's about to talk about inflammation and things that a lot of people suffer with, like a, a lot of stomach pains and things like that, like that that are just not good for your health. Yeah, and what I'm beginning to realize is in terms of body composition, body recomposition, it's hard, first of all. Let's like mention that body recomposition is not an easy thing to do. And I know that you know that more than I do from, you know, getting down to what were you a year at your peak? What body fat percentage? So I've I've been as low as four percent. I've been able to maintain around eight percent. Um, I like to be 12 to 15 when I'm doing like heavy weight lifting and those type of cycles. Okay. But that being said, you know, you know, more than anybody that it's not easy to get to that point. No. What I'm realizing, and at this point, I'm not, I'm personally not trying to lose weight right now. Um, I want to get more fit. I want to get more lean, you know, but I'm, I'm looking more for performance. However... What I've realized is that our food plays a very large role in a lot of other aspects of our life because of its indirect effects on your ability to perform certain things because of inflammation and digestion issues and fatigue and things like that. This could be a whole other episode in itself, and I'll probably yeah. invite you back, Giovanni, to talk more about this. That's definitely another episode. But let's not definitely. go. Let's not go down the rabbit hole. But to finish this point here, um, when you are focusing on your nutrition, regardless of what your goal is, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of consistency. Consistency in the amount of calories you're eating, but also consistency in the type of foods that you're eating. And even the time of day that you eat. Like I mentioned before, we're creatures of habit. And that's in a physical sense, a mental sense. We, our bodies like when things are, you know, on a schedule. So when you're eating all different kinds of foods at all different kinds of day, your body is like, all right, what's going on? When, when am I going to digest? When am I going to work out? Like, when do I need to be ready to, 
to you know perform versus like when am I trying to absorb these nutrients and it can cause not necessarily problems but you'll be able to maximize your body's ability to absorb nutrients your body's ability to perform well when you regularly expose yourself to the right kinds of food now in terms of the right kinds of food there doesn't necessarily need to be good foods and bad foods because we're all a little bit different um, but right. one of the big things that tracking is going to help you with and something that I actually was talking to Giovanni about today that I'm going to start doing is not only tracking my food, but tracking how it makes me feel. So I kind of have two different breakfasts that I hop between. I'm a big fan of overnight oats, good whey protein, cinnamon roll flavor, shout out PPN with my oatmeal. And that's a great breakfast for me. I also like to eat eggs and sausage and some potatoes. What I want to start to figure out is which one of those makes me feel better. Because in terms of the amount of calories and the macros, they're pretty much equivalent in terms of like how I prepare them, right? But I want to dive deeper. I want to know, okay, which one of these meals is going to allow me to work harder in the gym, which is then going to promote better body composition as well, if that makes sense. So another little tangent there, but I really think that if we can begin to see nutrition and food and fuel, not just as an avenue to body recomposition, but as an avenue to improved energy, improved health, improved performance mentally and physically. I mean, Giovanni, talk about what your diet looks like and why it is the way that it is. So if you know me personally, I eat some type of steak or ground beef pretty much every single day. Um, that also includes eggs and things that pretty much people are like, it's going to kill you. But those are the foods that make me feel better and perform better. And it improves my sleep. It's just what my body likes. And how did you figure that out? Trial and error, mm-hmm. honestly. You hear that, everybody? It's going to take a little time. You got to try things out. It's taken me over 10 years. So I've pretty much narrowed down all the foods that I can have that don't give me any reaction negatively and what happens when so you know we just had the holidays we spent time with each other's families we ate a lot of food that we don't normally eat i'm talking desserts and cookies and pasta and cheese and again those aren't bad foods we're not talking smack about them but since giovanni here doesn't normally eat those things when he does what happens so you get a lot of histamine response, um, inflammation. We also, if you don't eat certain foods for a long period of time, you downregulate the enzymes required for their digestion. So that's also going to affect. You know, you're gonna have, you're gonna be bloated. Um, probably spend some time in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean the list goes on. You yeah, know? and the worst part is it'll ruin your circadian rhythm and your sleep which sleep is the most important aspect of weight loss because that's when you lose. Ooh, we're going to get into that in a that's second. That's when you start losing fat. We're gonna it's get into that during in your sleep. So, Yeah, that's a great point. And here's why this matters, guys. You're wondering, you're like, why are we talking about inflammation? Why are we talking about, you know, what Giovanni eats for breakfast? The answer is the key to any diet, the key to any fitness journey is compliance. Compliance is the science. I didn't make that up, but I say it all the time (laughs) because I love it. If you are eating foods that make you feel crappy, no pun intended, 
you're likely not going to stick to that diet, right? Whereas if you intentionally pay attention to how food makes you feel and you find a breakfast like overnight oats for me that make me feel energized that I can eat those, I can go to the gym and I don't get lightheaded during my leg day. And I'm like, that's a win. What is that going to promote for me? I'm going to keep eating those foods that serve me so that I can perform well at my job, so that I can perform well in the gym, so that I can be happy and feel good and have a good relationship with my friends and my family and my boyfriend. And all of this affects each other. It's it's health and fitness and happiness. It's such a holistic thing. And now I'm getting really excited. And that's exactly why I have this podcast is to talk about how all these things connect. Um, but that being said, yeah, eat the foods that make you feel good. Listen, Giovanni here, he doesn't eat vegetables. And does everybody think that Don't he should eat vegetables? <laughs> yes. Um, why doesn't he eat vegetables? He doesn't like them. They don't make him feel good. We've talked about this. And so, just to butt in on that, <laughs> go ahead. I have enough nutritional knowledge to gain to get all the vitamins and minerals that I need without eating leafy greens and things like that. Okay. I do eat potatoes and That's not sweet vegetable. potatoes. Not they vegetable. are vegetables. Uh, yes. Okay. I do eat fruit. So <laughs> I think fruit is very important. Um. But yeah. Okay. Ahead. All right. Sorry. Didn't didn't mean to call call you out there. I just um, have to clarify. You're anyway, making me sound like a some carnivorous like a carnivore. Evil, I mean, it's uh, pretty much my yeah. door. Um, but that being said, guys, don't feel like you have to do the diet that you see on Instagram or that your mom does or that you have to cook carbs because that's what every Karen on Facebook is posting about. Listen, do what makes you feel good. Yeah, but there by, is but, no perfect diet for anyone. It's the diet you find for yourself. Mm-hmm. Take the time to do it. I think if you take the time to figure out what works for you, you're going to keep that for your entire life. Hell yeah. And that's exactly what I'm you know, working on too. Um, but by the same token, if doing the ketogenic diet makes you feel good, or let's not say ketogenic diet. I really don't think that anybody can do the ketogenic diet forever and feel that great. But I know there's people who do it. So sorry if I just triggered you. But... Maybe when you're losing weight, you like to cook carbs because it's easy, right? No pasta, no bread, get rid of it. And that's whatever. totally fine. And listen, if that works for you, great, awesome. Do what makes you feel good and what makes you happy. Now, Giovanni, I want to keep things rolling here because we could just talk yeah. all Another day. point I want to make, I'm only 80% compliant. I follow, I follow the 80-20 rule for nutrition. Talk about that. So I think there should be some liberty. There should be some days where you don't track, you know, for mental health and other reasons. Um, what is the 80-20 rule? 80-20 rule is when you basically perform perfectly 80% of the time. And 20% of the other time, you just are a little bit off, derailed. Perfect. Yeah. Everything in moderation, right? Because um, Julie here has seen me eat two or three breakfasts in one sitting, so... Yeah, well, I mean, hey, if anybody from Bardoni PT is listening to this podcast, thanks for listening. We went to a party over the summer, and there were cheeseburgers. It was a pool party. Fun time, you know, backyard barbecue, (laughs) celebrating a girl, Christina Glennon, going off to Tokyo. She's a beast. Um, Giovanni proceeded to eat not one, not two, not four, like seven cheeseburgers. And I'm like, why? And because he can keep eating. And hey, like, it's fine. But then how'd you feel after that? Like, mm. Pretty crappy. Yeah, not, not great. So it's okay. Like, those days are going to happen. And don't beat yourself up over it. But 
But the next day, I, you know, become perfect again. Exactly. In, in essence. Yeah. You know? As long as you're perfect 80% of the time, you're going to get results still. Hell yeah. And that's what makes you a good coach is understanding that, you know? Yeah. If you're working with somebody, by the way, if you work with a coach, a trainer, a nutritionist, and they are really hard on you when you go off track, you'll probably want to look elsewhere because yeah. we all need to understand that life gets in the way, you know? Yeah. I mean, really, like, enjoy your grandma's meatballs, enjoy your dad's breakfasts, like, do those things, but just during the week, just try to be as perfect as you can. I, I want to just mention that Giovanni gave those two examples because my grandma's meatballs are fire, and <laughs> my dad's breakfast is also fire, so. Absolutely. Shout out to them. Um, Giovanni, one thing that you dove into a little bit, and I was like, hold on, we're going to get into that. Sleep. Sleep. Let's yeah. talk about these other things that influence body composition, that influence health, that influence mental state that have nothing to do with what's going in your mouth. Yeah, so sleep is definitely the most important aspect. Why is that? Because sleep influences. You have to be able to recover from anything if you want to train and change your body if you don't recover you're only going to break down break down break down break down and you're going to end up tearing something you're going to end up with chronic pain um you actually gain weight yeah definitely one common misconception maybe not misconception but something that i think is a little bit mind-blowing to some individuals is that when it comes to um body recomposition and gaining muscle when you exercise, do you gain muscle while you're in the gym? So no. You break down, you create the stimulus at the gym. The muscle growth happens mainly during deep sleep at night when you're sleeping. Yeah, so listen everybody, if you're looking for gains, it's not happening while you're under the barbell pushing those heavy squats, staring at yourself in the mirror. You need to do the heavy squats and stare at yourself in the mirror in order to... You don't need to stare at yourself, but, you know, we all like to check ourselves out. We need to perform that activity to induce a stimulus to say, hey, muscles, I'm beating you up a little bit. What are you going to do about it? And then when you go to sleep at night and you hit that deep sleep, which maybe we can give some quick rapid fire sleep tips. That's when all those little things in your body go to work and say, all right, that muscle got beat up today. Let's build it up. And that, my friends, is muscle hypertrophy. Yeah. So... Let's do some quick must, um, rapid fire sleep tips. All right, what you got? Number one. Um, don't eat late at night. Ooh. Um, Julie and I wear whoops, so we track our sleep pretty, pretty consistently. And late night eating, always negative score. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. Yeah, definitely. Um, another one that I would say is consistent sleep schedule. Meaning that's the toughest one. It is. It's yeah. really hard. It's really hard. At least trying to go to bed at the same time every night. I think that that's something that's more controllable than waking up at the same time every morning. Yeah. If you can consistently go to bed at the same time every night, your body is going to better be able to tap into that circadian rhythm, which will then allow you to get deeper sleep. And if you're not getting deep sleep, your muscle is going to have a harder time rebuilding. Is it going to be impossible? No. But if you want to give yourself the best chance at creating the body that you want, getting that good sleep is going to be important. Yep. Um, sleep in a cool room mm-hmm. definitely um, 
increases the sleep quality. Yeah, one thing that Whoop has actually showed me, and I don't track this in the journal, but I probably should, is when I get into bed at night and I'm actually feeling like a little bit chilly, like I'm talking like, you know, you get a little chill, you get some goosebumps, you get under the covers, those are the best night's sleep. If you're getting into bed and you feel like very warm and toasty, your room might actually be a little bit too warm. So definitely play around with, um, you know, challenging yourself to cool the room down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I like that. Let's do one more. Um, Big one, meditation. So if you calm your mind before you go to sleep, you're more likely to fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. I like that. Yeah. How would you recommend somebody do that? How do you calm your mind? So I like to use an app, Headspace. You can also use Calm. You can go on YouTube and just listen to a guided meditation. Okay. So you like guided meditations. That's something that helps you. It gives you a guide, just gives you a goal. Mm -hmm. And again, um, we're not too consistent with this ourselves, but that's what we've noticed that changes our sleep score. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, one more thing I want to ask you here, and then we'll start to wrap this up. I have no idea how long we've been talking for. Um, consistency. Consistency is the key in fitness. It and is, it's yes. probably the hardest part of fitness. You and I both know. What? It's hard because people get bored and they don't make goals for themselves. So if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over over again, you're going to get bored and you're going to be like, why am I doing this? Do you know that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Right. So a well-structured plan should look like the way that I like to do things is in three-week cycle. So in three weeks, I'm doing this, then maybe a deload for a week, and then I start something new. So that's a way to keep things fresh, keep the body not being not getting adapted to the same thing over and over okay um now in terms of exercise if somebody is looking to lose weight what kind of exercise would you recommend they do so they have to lift i think resistance exercise resistance training is the most important part of body composition yeah Definitely. And cardiovascular exercise is one of the last levers that I pull when okay. it comes to body recomp. So you're telling me that people do burn calories and can lose fat by strength training. Right. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think that's another kind of like just misconception. That goes for anyone, any age, male, female. Females need to, you know, you need to build muscle and... Hell you. Yeah. Get, get more girls in the weight room. Let's go. Yeah. Um, one more thing that just popped into my head because this is how my brain works about sleep and its role in body composition. There was actually a study that was done that came out a few years ago um, that totally blew researchers away. Um, but what they did was they took two groups of people. Half of the people slept five and a half hours a night and half of the people slept eight and a half hours a night. So one group was getting a good night's sleep, eight hours. The other group was getting around five. The two groups were eating the same amount of food, the same amount of calories, basically had the same exact diet. And all of these people had a goal to lose weight. So if you're listening to this, maybe you want to drop like 15 pounds. These people were just like you. The only difference was some of them slept eight hours, some of them slept five. 
at the end of the study, which I think was like maybe eight weeks long, 12 weeks long, what they saw was that both groups lost the same amount of pounds of weight. So on average, I don't remember exactly what it was, but let's say on average, they lost like eight pounds of weight. But when they looked deeper at body composition, the group that slept eight hours a night lost primarily fat and maintained almost all of their lean body mass during that cut. Whereas the group that was sleeping five and a half, six hours a night, even though they ate the same food and they did the same exercise, they lost significantly more muscle mass than fat mass. So here's why that matters. If you are looking to lose weight, like we mentioned before, you want to lose fat for a variety of reasons. You're going to look better if you lose fat and maintain your muscle, but it's a lot healthier for you. We know that fat mass is unhealthy metabolically and for your body's systems in general. So you might be putting in all the work in the gym. You might be having this crazy diet that you're working so hard to stick to. But listen, if you're not sleeping, no matter how good your nutrition is, no matter how good your exercise routine is, if you're not sleeping, you are not going to see the results that you want because it physically can't happen. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Muscle. Talk about your experience. Sorry to cut you off. Before I met you was when you were in this really, really awesome shape, right? What was your sleep like during that time? Was it good? It was great. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Muscle is the organ of longevity. So mm, I like that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. So you want to preserve muscle with all your might. It keeps you younger. Um, as you age, especially in our field of physical therapy, we see a lot of muscle dysfunctions and just movement, dyskinesia. Those are the people that age faster. Mm-hmm. because they're not able to do what they want to do, right? Like, if you want to retire and live a long life, preserve your muscle. That way you can live a happy retirement. I love that. So kind of like moral of the story here, everybody. If you're, if this podcast caught your eye, you probably are looking to lose some weight. Hopefully now you have an understanding that Make sure that as you're losing weight, you're doing the things that you need to do to hold on to the good stuff, which is that muscle, to promote longevity, to reduce pain, to make you function better as a human being overall. That's a great point. Yeah. Now, Giovanni, one final question that all of my guests receive. My podcast is centered around the pursuit of high achievement and becoming a better version of yourself. What's a personal goal that you have right now and how are you working towards it? So my goal is to make resistance training more, I guess, mainstream. Like I want everyone to benefit from it. And right now I am taking classes to finish my bachelor's degree in human sciences to pursue a PT degree, but I am working as a PT assistant, mm-hmm. so I, I still get to do this every day, but I just want to have a little more authority in the field, so that's going to be my goal. Um, I love the fat, the new PTs out there that are putting fitness forward first, mm-hmm. and 
making anyone at any age do great things like deadlifting and squatting and things like that like people don't realize that they do every day like if you pick up a grocery bag off the floor you're deadlifting if you're picking things out of your laundry um, basket and putting them in the wash you're doing all these movements but if you don't train these movements you can injure yourself as you age Mm. mic drop so that's definitely um a big goal for me yeah awesome i love that that's a goal of mine too which must be why we get along so well (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome giovanni now any final thoughts on anything that we talked about today topic of body recomp yeah um i want everyone to write down what they eat (laughs) that's that's step number one it's all about if you have any questions reach out to us it's all about awareness yeah so giovanni if anybody does want to reach out to you where can listeners find you so I have a weird handle on Instagram, but I'm still, I can still see messages on there. It's rice underscore cake underscore lover. Okay. So Giovanni, second question. I'm not vegan. Can you, <laughs> can you achieve the body composition of your dreams by eating rice cakes? You can. It, while eating rice cakes. Like only rice cakes? No, but like can rice cakes be incorporated into your diet oh absolutely all right so hey if you're listening to this and you yourself are a rice cake lover you heard it from rice cake lover himself that you can go ahead and eat all the rice cakes get those carbs in and you'll have a sexy bod not all the rice cakes (laughs) they have to fit within your calorie goal very true um giovanni thank you so much for coming on guys if you have any questions or if anything kind of piqued your interest and you want to talk about it more if there's anything that we said that you want to debate we would love, love, love to hear it. You can reach Giovanni on Instagram, like he said, at Rice Cake Lover. You can find me on Instagram at GoalsetMindset underscore JB. And we'd love to talk more. Giovanni, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you feel empowered to make progress towards body recomposition with some of today's tips. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with somebody in your life who is looking to improve their health. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.